Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. Today on the show, I have Annette Presley, registered dietitian with 30 plus years of experience in the field. Now, today we are having a really fascinating conversation. First, we're talking about, you know, what brought her to the decision to become a registered dietitian. But even more interestingly, the obstacles she faced that she had to jump over and through and around and write papers on and do all kinds of stuff to prove that science was on her side. You will love that part of the conversation. We are also talking about the not so secret but extremely important ingredient that if you are lacking, might be causing your infertility. So you will want to stick around, listen to this episode, and learn all about Annette and how she can help you get pregnant. Stay tuned. Hi, Annette. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here with me today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It is my absolute pleasure. I'm so intrigued by so many of the things that we talked about the last time we talked. And like, you know, I just said to you before we we recorded, there were a couple of things that I've been so excited to talk about again with you, because I think our audience needs to hear some of these things. So I'd like to just sort of dive right in by talking a little bit about what you do. You're a registered dietitian, but you're also a functional nutritionist. And I'm, you know, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about two things, really. One, how you got started on this journey, because it's an interesting one. Um, But also, what the difference is between a dietitian and a functional nutritionist, if you could share that with me. So, So let's, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I actually got into nutrition when I was 16. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we had, uh, I grew up in the eighties, right? So we had aerobics class for PE, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> the leggings and all that. Oh yeah. And so I thought, oh, this is so much fun. I'd love to teach this. And so I would pick up shape magazine at the mm-hmm. grocery store periodically but it was really the nutrition articles that fascinated me. And so when I went to college, I put nutrition down as my major and nobody said I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea there were actually jobs or I had never heard of a registered dietitian. Um, so, you know, I just put it down and they gave me a path. And then I found, I took a nutrition class and found out about a dietitian and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be that. Nice. And uh, so <laughs> I just kind of went with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, four or five or six years later, I can't remember, um, I graduated, passed the RD exam, and there I am. Um, and then 14 years into being a dietitian, I actually found out that I pretty much had a license to kill. Mm. Um, because the advice I was supposed to give out actually caused chronic disease and obesity. And, um, so that was devastating to find out, um, <laughs> that I'd spent so much time, you know, teaching people how to die essentially. Right. And, um, I almost quit nutrition entirely because I was so angry and I just figured what's the point, you know, it's all wrong. Right. Um, but I really felt like God said, no, you can't quit. Somebody has to tell the truth. So I, yeah, I changed what I taught. That's kind of when I got into functional nutrition 
Um, I got away with it for about three years before the local dietetic association filed I remember a complaint this against me. Yep. This, this yeah. blows my mind. This story yeah. that you're about to share blows my mind. Yeah. And so they basically complained. Um, they said I violated three of our ethics, which I didn't, but the basics of it was that I was telling people to eat saturated fat, um, instead of vegetable fats and they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they found me guilty <laughs> as charged. It's so mind boggling. <laughs> I know. Um, cause we all know better is better than margarine, but mm-hmm. yes, we do. Anyway, <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, and it tastes better too. That's for sure. <laughs> so they asked me to write a paper on LDL cholesterol and explain why I was going to go back to recommending vegetable oils instead of animal fats. Um, And I had already spent a year going over all the science on this. So I knew what it said. Um, And so instead I wrote a paper basically going through all of the science from the early 1900s to the present, demonstrating that we had no scientific support for our fear of saturated fat and cholesterol. Well, they really didn't like that, um, (laughs) but (laughs) they couldn't refute it. Yeah. Um, And so basically they, they accused me of, um, or criticized me for asking my own questions instead of relying on the questions that had already been asked and answered. And I know, and I was just like, okay, this is science and science is all about asking questions and challenging answers. I mean, if if we can't do that, yeah, if we can't do that, it's not science. It's a religion. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. And so it, it was really eye-opening for me because I saw how the system works or really how it doesn't work and mm-hmm. it's not serving the people. Um, and so I actually, I won the case because I mean, the science was on my side, so, and they didn't really want to go to court, um, and prove that probably. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So um, they asked me to use a disclaimer when I talked about fat. So the advice I give out on fat is not sponsored, approved, recommended, or endorsed by the FDA, the USDA, the NIH, or the AND. Um, and you should consult with a physician before taking my advice. Oh, yeah. Um, upsetting. Yeah. Now it's quite humorous because it actually had the opposite effect that they wanted it to. So I tell people that and they're like, oh, well, then I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> right because they know because people are smart and they know that you know this this nonsense if you will that they're that they're spewing is harmful and they want to know the truth and you're there to say well this is the truth this is the science and we all know that science is the proof I mean this is what you're looking for here it is that's crazy to me yeah so it it was pretty nuts. And actually about six months later, they filed another complaint. Um, but because I'd been using the disclaimer, my organization defended me. <laughs> so, That's great. That's so yeah. great. I mean, it's just, it's so bonkers to me that they would require you to have that disclaimer. It's bonkers to me that they challenged you in the first place when everything that you're teaching people is fact. I mean, it, right. it, like you said, you have the science to prove it. You did your research. You did your due diligence to make sure that what you are teaching people, the way to, you know, nourish their bodies is the right thing. And and this other stuff is, well, you know, garbage. Right. Let's visit margarine. <laughs> 
garbage take that oh. margarine put it right in the trash thank you exactly I mean it's just my husband and I talk about this all the time he loves butter I don't love butter but I'm gonna have butter instead of margarine and you know like I it's just one of those crazy things to me that that that's even a debate so thank you for sharing that story because I think it's just crazy but yeah well and even if you look at it historically we've been eating butter for thousands tens of thousands Mm -hmm. of years or at least ten thousand years and then all of a sudden, a hundred years ago, it starts killing people. I mean, right. that really does not make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Yeah. Are there, you know, th- that that's one of those, you know, interesting things to me that always, I, I always find fascinating where it's like, okay, so this has been something that we've been eating or doing or using or whatever throughout history. I understand wanting to make things better. I understand wanting to make things work better. And in some instances, sure, but certain things, it's like, why, like, you know, it's, it's, it's why I don't, I can't think of the phrase right now, but why, um, why fix it if it's not broken? Thank you. That that was the <laughs> phrase. I'm like, what is it? I'm sitting here trying to like think in my brain, like, what is what I'm trying to say? That's exactly right. Why fix something that isn't broken? What's the point? So I'm really glad that you you know, you, you took your research and you said, oh, you're going to file a complaint. Well, I'm going to defend what I have learned and what I am teaching people. And look what's happening. People are listening because they know that what you're saying is the truth. And that's very powerful. Um, there is a story that you shared with me the last time we spoke that it still kind of blows my mind that I think is pretty incredible. You, you do a lot of work with women going through infertility. And you do a lot of work with helping them make choices, basically, um, to help their fertility. But before we talk about that, I would really like you to share the story of how that, you know, how that got started for you, because I think it's a really, pardon the terminology here, but I think it's a magical story. It really is. There's something about it. When you told me about it the last time, for a couple of weeks, I would think about it and be like, God. That's incredible. That's just so amazing. So if you could share that story, you know, I know it relates to church and it relates to your, you know, experience in your church, your church, church, (laughs) share that story with me if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So I was at church one day and God told me to go tell this girl, Sharon, that I could help her get pregnant. And of course, my first reaction was, I can't do that. I mean, who does that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even know if she's trying to get pregnant, right. you know? Um, and I avoided it for, for about four weeks. And every week I'd get the same message, go tell Sharon, you can help her get pregnant. And so finally, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'll <laughs> okay, do it. Yeah. Keep getting this message. Maybe there's right. something to it. <laughs> And, um, and so I, I go up to her and I'm kind of eyeing the exits just in case I need to leave quickly, but right. <laughs> I, I go up to her and I'm like, okay, Sharon, if you're trying to get pregnant and it's not working, I can help you. And she took a step back and her eyes got really big. And she was like, we've been trying to get pregnant for almost two years. And we decided we didn't want to do IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. And so I was so relieved. <laughs> I'm just sure. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> she's oh, not great. afraid. <laughs> I can help you. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we got together. Um, I found out she had an iodine deficiency and she was eating the wrong kinds of fats. Uh, so I tweaked a few things in her diet, had her take a few supplements, and she was pregnant in three months. Is that amazing? I mean, that just, 
I have no words because I think that, you know, that there's sort of two parts to that, that both make me kind of go, what? And one, it's that powerful message that you just kept getting. Like there's a reason you kept getting this message. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it didn't continue to come to you for no reason. You know, obviously right. you weren't like, oh, okay. And she didn't turn around and say to you, Okay, I'm not trying about? to get pregnant and I don't know why you think you could help me. No, because she knew there was a reason for that. So that part is really cosmic. Pardon my my uh, lack of better word, but that's the first thing that comes into my head. And then the second part of that, you know, as someone who went through infertility and couldn't get answers and nothing was working, it's powerful to me to hear that a change in nutrition, a change in nourishment could make such a huge difference. I mean, that that's something so powerful that now, you know, now that I've gone through my infertility journey, I've learned so much more about infertility. This is what I do for a living now. It's pretty incredible to hear a story like yours where someone who has the training in nutrition and the research and the, 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 the knowledge and all of these things. I mean, what an incredible story. So three months, three months, months, and you helped her discover this deficiency, change the fats and everything that she was putting into her body and boom, this miracle that, that she had been struggling with for so long. I mean, that's just yeah, and so I don't even incredible. know if I told you this part, but she was also diagnosed with the beginning stages of cervical cancer. Oh my goodness. And when she went back to the doctor and found out she was pregnant, there was no sign of the cervical cancer. How incredible is that? And I mean, I'm pretty sure it was the iodine. <laughs> that see, and that's just something people don't think about, you know, like yeah. it's just something because I, you know, just as a side note, I think people tend, eh, maybe that's not true. I was going to say people don't tend to think enough about the foods they're putting into their bodies, but I think people, I want to say are starting to pay more attention and listen to people like you who have this wealth of knowledge about it. You know, something like iodine, who thinks about iodine? I mean, you do obviously, but you know, like, right. But most people, you know, the average person who thinks about that and to discover that you have an iodine deficiency. It's not just like, oh, I didn't even know about iodine. Wait a minute. I'm deficient in this mineral. Like what is, what are you talking about? And then you discover changing that. And then, I mean, to, to, to see no signs of cervical cancer when it was there, that's, oh, you're blowing my mind over here. I just think that's so incredible. <laughs> I know, I mean, and it was, and it's such a simple fix. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of thing. times it really is that simple. It's, but you just have to test for it. Right. And that, and that is a really frustrating thing for me that, you know, like I I talk all the time about how much I love the reproductive endocrinologists that I saw when I was going through my own journey, but nobody tested much outside of, you know, my reproductive hormones and my husband's, you know, semen analysis. That's it. That's pretty much it. There, there was no other testing. There was no testing for other than vitamin D. I think that was the one like vitamin testing that, that the second doctor did. I just think that's something really interesting that is simple. Like you said, it's just Mm -hmm. simple, straightforward. And look what you did for this, this woman. I mean, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Um, one of your big talking points, something that, you know, I really wanted to ask you about is 
why your jeans, G-E-N-E-S, let's specify that, not the jeans that you wear, very important, (laughs) why your jeans do not have to determine your destiny. And the other part of that is how to turn off the genes that block baby making. I put that in quotes because I like that phrase, baby making. It kind of makes me laugh. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So we all have our genes that we're born with and they don't change um, unless you move to the moon or somewhere in outer space, apparently. Well, who knows? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But for right now, we're all pretty much earthbound, right? Exactly. Um, so we, we have the genes and a lot of people think, you know, it, my genetics, I can't do this. I can't do that, whatever. Um, but actually our genes do not determine our destiny. And so it's actually our lifestyle. Um, yeah. So like what we eat, our environment, what kind of things we're exposed to in the environment. Um, those are the things that actually determine our destiny. And those are things we can change. And so by eating the right foods, getting rid of toxins and different things like that in the environment, we can actually turn on the genes that help you make a baby. Mm-hmm. And we can turn off the genes that block baby making. I mean, again, it's one of those things. It's so simple. You know, yeah. it's so simple. I mean, obviously it's not like, oh, here, done, sold, everything's perfect. No, but right. it, it requires a little bit of effort. But, right. you know, a lot of doctors, they don't think nutrition matters. Or they don't think, you know, changing anything in your environment is going to change anything. And it absolutely does. Oh, it for sure does. How could it not? That's something that, again, that's one of those other things that blows my mind all the time. Because the things you put in and on your body, you want to say, you know, um, this is speaking, you know, as, as an esthetician, you know, as, as a skincare expert, someone, you know, we talk about what we put in our body and we talk about what we put on our body and in a lot of ways, they're one and the same. And the truth is, these things do matter. I can't even wrap my mind around someone saying that the, the things you're putting into your body, eh, what, what planet right. are you on? <laughs> like, I don't understand what. So I think, I think that's super important and something really fascinating that, you know, we, we do tend to think our genes, what we're born with is you know, determines the rest of our life or our destiny, as you said. And that's not really true. Mm-mm. It just yeah, isn't. We can absolutely change that. And we have a lot more control than we think we do. That's a fact. That's a fact right there. And I like, I'm going to write that down. We have a lot more control than we think we do. And I mean, I just, I don't know. Look at me. I'm just like, <laughs> because you, ugh, can't think of the words right now. Don't mind me. Um, but I think that that's just something really, really important that people gloss over. And mm-hmm. like I said, I know like for years and years and years, nobody talked about nutrition, you know, dietitians, you know, were, were like you said, like you never had heard of a dietitian. I have a couple of friends who are dietitians and, and this is their life's work. And the thing that I'm noticing as I'm getting older or, or as the world is changing, I don't know. I'm discovering more and more dietitians who want to help women in different ways, live better lives, healthier lives, solve some of these diseases like infertility. I mean, infertility is a jerk. And if you can take care of your body and, and learn how your body works and the right things to do. I mean, I just think that that's. Yeah. And I think 
another part of it too, which is really great news is that infertility is not your fault. So many women internalize that and they think, you know, I did something wrong. You know, I ate that donut when I was 12, you know, they just Mm -hmm. try to find anything. Um, And it's, it's really not your fault. The problem is that the environment is no longer a match for your biology. Right. Oh, well said. Yeah. And I so mean, we just have to fix. And, and so that will manifest in some people as infertility. Mm-hmm. It'll manifest in others as heart disease. It, you know, it's, it's all of these things. And, um, and yeah, infertility is, um, I don't know if I can swear on this show, but you know, you it's, it's a bitch. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine by me. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. I mean, it it absolutely horrible. is. It's, it's horrendous. And you know, again, that's coming from someone who went through it. You know, I I didn't know before infertility, what a bitch it is, but you know what? It is, it's awful. It's ugh. And gosh, I wish I knew you when I was going through infertility, but that's a side note. Um, (laughs) Another thing I wanted to ask you, because this is another one of your really great um, talking points. And I think it's something really cool is you, you say that there's one mineral that might be the culprit for you not getting pregnant. What is that mineral? Iodine. Iodine. Yep. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Iodine. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the thing is, is that we know this because mm-hmm. we know in developing countries when they are iodine deficient, they have a lot of miscarriages um, and all those kinds of things. And it should be one thing that we like, that should be one of the first tests that we do, yes. but no one tests for it. Mm-mm. Um, And the other problem that we have now is that most of us are iodine deficient because we have so many toxins in the environment that bind to iodine receptors in the body. Mm. And so a lot of people think, um, you know, the iodine is just associated with the thyroid, but the ovaries are the second highest concentration of iodine in the body. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so, yeah. And so anything like cysts, fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, all of those things have an iodine deficiency component and nobody checks for it. And it's an, it's an easy thing to check for. (laughs) I mean, you're blowing my mind here and it's like really upsetting because I mean, thousands and millions of women deal with these issues and like, God, oh, it just, I, yeah, it is. It's very frustrating for me. Can only imagine. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, yes. I mean, you know, they go through all of these years of struggle, you know, and I, um, I, one of the things that really got me a couple of years ago, I was on Facebook scrolling and came across a post from a woman in one of my local mom's groups who posted about her second failed IVF attempt. And, you know, of course it, it breaks my heart. And, but I'm reading the comments and some women were on their ninth cycle and I just thought, oh my God, like this is, I mean, it's insane that so many women are going through this. I had no idea that it, it, there were so many, Mm -hmm. I I really didn't know. Um, And I just fell on the floor and cried and I just thought, God, we have to do something (laughs) because this is, I mean, being a mother is wonderful. And it, it should not be this hard. Shouldn't be. I, I'm glad that you said that because that's something I myself experienced that I had no idea that I wasn't alone. 
on the one hand yeah. on the other. So, so, you know, I always say it, it, it's crazy to me when I was going through my own journey. And when I discovered there was this huge community, my, the first discovery was on Facebook. The second discovery was on Instagram. And when I discovered the enormous number of women in the infertility community, two things happened for me. On the one hand, I took this deep sigh of relief in saying, oh, I'm not alone. And on the other hand, I got like, oh my God, there's a lot of us, way more than there should be. Yeah. And I think that if more people... Well, two things. One, if more people were aware of this iodine issue, a lot could be done. And the second part of that is if more doctors took that seriously and paid attention to it and could do that testing from the start, you might be able to help way more women avoid fertility treatments financial loss because of the enormous cost of fertility treatments, all of these things. So miscarriages. Oh, right. Exactly. All of these horrible things that no one should have to go through. So that's, that's really fascinating to me that, well, not only that iodine is that important really, but that nobody talks about it. Yeah. And even in breast cancer, it's one of the causes of breast cancer and nobody talks about it. Are you, um, see, that's another one I didn't know. And it makes sense now that we're talking about it though, but look at this. Yeah, it is. It is very frustrating. And I keep, I talk about it all the time and, you know, people look at me like I'm a crazy person. Mm -mm, Not this girl. (laughs) But Mm-mm. you're not a crazy person at all. I think it's, it's amazing that you, what I think is amazing is that you've spent so much of your career learning about this and doing the research and, you know, giving this information to women so that they can help solve this. Ugh, I hate to call it a problem. It's so much worse than that. Yeah. I think that's really incredible. Um, I want to ask you, what the mommy maker method is. Cause I know that's a program of yours and I would really love to, to hear about that. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, uh, spells mommy <laughs> of <course>. I like <laughs> it. because I'm just, that's how I roll. <laughs> I like it. Well, nothing wrong with that. I think it's perfect. Right. So the first M is, uh, you want to minimize toxic exposure. The O is you want to optimize nutrition and genetic expression. M is you want to maximize mental and spiritual well-being. And then M, you want to make yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. And then Y, you want to say yes to rest. Isn't that? Mm, that's important. Yeah. And everybody skips that one. Of course. <laughs> of course. Who has time for rest? Right. Nobody. But it's so important. It's such a huge part of of. Basically, I mean, it, it's a huge part of overall health anyway, but man, if you want your body to do this, this thing that it's, I'm going to put this in quotes, supposed to do, at least that's how it felt for me when I was going through all this, you have to take care of yourself. And part of taking care of yourself is rest. You know, my, my kids are two and a half, and this is a whole conversation that my husband had with my daughter tonight, putting them down for bed. She has these glow in the dark pacifiers that she loves. And my husband, quote, charges them by shining the flashlight on his phone on them to charge them for her. 
but she didn't want to go to sleep. She did not want to lay down tonight. And he was telling her how daddy charges your pacifiers. It's the same thing for you. When you go to sleep, you recharge your batteries. And she kind of looks at him like, heck are you talking about? I'm two and a half. I don't understand. But the logic was there. If you're not getting that rest, everything else you do is pointless. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and at some point you're simple. going to break down. Yes. I've, it's happened to some of us. Right. <laughs> and when that happens, I mean, all bets are off. It's, it's misery. And it's not just that, you know, you're stressed, you're not getting enough, you know, rest because, you know, it, no, it, it, it can truly, this is going to sound so dramatic and it should, it can truly ruin your life that it, it yeah. just, it's really great. I really, I, I think that all of your steps are so amazing, but that one, like you said, most important one, people skip it. Rest. Yeah. <laughs> so important. Nobody wants to slow down. No. And, and, you know, we live in that kind of society, you know, it, it just is what it is. But if you give yourself a chance to slow down a little bit, I mean, I know because I didn't give myself any rest or a break at all for like a year. I was just like, boom, 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 going all the time. And my husband said to me, he was like, you, you would need to take a break. You need to do something to take care of yourself. And I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And I made the time. And is it perfect? No, because nothing is. But once I gave myself a break and then started sort of um, putting rest into my schedule, you know, building it into Mm -hmm. my schedule, it's completely changed everything. So when it comes to infertility or mommy, mommy maker, mommy making. Yeah, there you go. I'm used to saying baby making. I'm not used to saying mommy making. I like that. I really, I, I like that title and I love love that it's an acronym. That's just so fantastic. Yeah. And I even came up with a Y word, (laughs) right? I mean, it's always when you think you're like, I don't know, what am I going to do for this one? And then you're like, Oh, there it is. Incredible. And it is incredible. And I'm so excited about that. Um, let's change course for a few minutes, talk some fun stuff here. Um, I always like to ask my guests these two questions because I just think they're really interesting. So I'm going to start with the first one, which is who are three people who have been the most inspirational or who have had the most influence on you in your life? I would say Baxter Kruger, Michael Harden, and Mary Ennig. Oh. And so uh, Baxter Kruger and Michael Harden are both theologians, and they significantly, well, they caused me to question everything I thought I knew. Mm. Um, Yeah. And brought me to a much better understanding of God. And, and then Mary Ennig, she wrote the book that I read that opened my eyes to nutrition and how everything I'd been taught was wrong. (laughs) So she also completely changed the way I thought about things. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I think it's really neat when there's that one person who you're just like light bulb and I mean look what that did for you that completely changed your entire path and that's so incredible oh I'm just very inspired by you I always have to say that (laughs) um I always want to say awesome answers it's a very personal question so there's no such thing as awesome answer although those are awesome answers and I particularly like 
that last one because like you said it's this book that she wrote that just changed it all for you um yeah and now it also changes it for everyone else yeah well exactly and that that's the magic right there you know it's it's magical enough that it changed your whole approach your 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 path i keep using that word i can't think of a better one but the fact like you said it changes everything for everyone i mean there it is incredible okay my other question is a little more abstract a little more fun it might make you think a little bit harder. <laughs> I have made people think really hard on this one. Um, if you could have, um, I use dinner party as my my uh, my go-to, but it doesn't have to be a dinner party. This can be, you know, a walk. It can be a stroll through the park. It can be a brunch, whatever activity or, or thing you enjoy. If you can invite three, I'm going to say people, but they don't have to be people. They can be imaginary characters they can be you know animated characters they can be animals it doesn't matter can be anything or not they can be spirits ghosts whatever anything you want okay three and three is just a number i like if you need to do 10 or you only have one that's fine too um so who would those three be and why uh, so they would be J.K. Rowling, mm. Lazarus, and my grandpa. Okay. Um, J.K. Rowling, because I love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. <laughs> and, <there. laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think she has so much insight into love, um, grace, and just all kinds of, there's so many incredible lessons in those books, especially, mm-hmm. I think, for today. Um, with the crazy that we're dealing with right now. (laughs) (laughs) It is no matter how you look at it, it's all crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think she was just spot on Um, Lazarus, because I can't imagine what it would be like to be in the grave for four days and then come back to life. (laughs) And, and of course he was really close to Jesus. So it would just be, be a really interesting conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then my grandpa died when I was probably about two years old. So I don't remember him at all. Um, and I would really, and I know that he, he, the one regret that he had about dying was that he wasn't, he wouldn't be there for me and my brother, mm. um, or my sister who he didn't know yet, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I would just love to get to know him. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, I, I love answers like that. Cause I asked myself these questions and my answer was my great grandfather because I never met him and I heard a lot of amazing things about him. So I can relate to that in a way, but how incredible would that be? You know, I always think about this dream dinner party and I'm like, I wish I ask everyone this question and I wish I could be like, granted, here is your dinner party. But I unfortunately am not a genie, so I cannot do that sadly, but that's pretty, (laughs) you never know. All right. Who knows? So Annette, I have one last question for you. And that is where can our listeners connect with you, learn more about you, learn more about the mommy maker method, learn more about all these things that you do and and all of your knowledge. So my website is getpregnantplan.com and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at the mommy maker. 
<laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I'll put all of that in the show notes and everybody can, can connect with you. Annette, I would just like to take a moment to thank you for being here with me today and sharing all this incredibly important information. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For yeah. Being. Thank you for having me. Thank you.